this and every episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast brought to you by People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Let's go white. Carry Tracy Cole destroying Stacy Moore. Neil Keith, Sally Sears, Evans and the Glory Gears, Mo Mom, Mel Mare, the Cunningham Four. I tried not to look at the, I wasn't even looking at the Episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast. Happy to be with you. Got the whole gang back together. King, as you saw on Facebook, is done. Picked his last two rows. When was that? <laughs> yes. Dave, yesterday on was that Wednesday yes. or yeah? Yes. Yes. And yes. Uh, and Carrie Hill wants to know why in the world you only pick two rows at a time. And I think it's well, a good question. I was actually one row off the planner, or there would have only been one row left, but there were two rows left. So <laughs> at the very at the very end. So. And it looks like oh, a good. successful season. Yeah. But yeah, great great season. Uh, kind of had some hiccups along the way, but oh, those but, are going to happen. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, chip combine problem. Making a new combine out of this. Anyway, yeah, well, so. well, there you go. Uh, listen, I'm not going to get a new combine. So. Yeah, it's all money. It's all money, right? Well, congratulations. So. Yeah, Chip and Gary, anything new? Not really. Good to be back. Had a nice little golf run last Saturday to beat the breaks off my uncle and my brother. Man, yeah. did Gary play? At one point on the back nine at Country Oaks last Saturday, Gary Emmons birdied five out of six holes. Dang. I don't know. Playing the best golf of his life right now. It was pretty. It was a little crazy is what it was. But it was fun. I want to play again really quickly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he, uh, he beat my eyes shut. No question about it. Um, we'll see, you know, Saturday's another day and, uh, it could all come crashing down and probably will and anytime. Listen, soon. I would rather you stay where you're at and I just elevate my game. How about that? Well, okay. Um, one, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. We're, we're, we're moving forward with the Bridgeport leader project, seven thirty central time on WAKO this Friday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, be tomorrow morning, I will be uh, joining Arvin Hawkins. Um, for Take 5 for the Community. We're going to discuss that project and how you can donate uh, to, to, the, uh, to the fundraiser to try to get these Bridgeport leaders um, digitized, and, and they'll be accessible to you and everybody else for till the end of time that we can access that great, that great newspaper that uh, has holds so much history for, for our town. So I will be yep. on, uh, on Take 5 for the Community with Arvin Hawkins on Friday. And thanks for doing that, Brian. Brian's really taking the lead on this, and um, I look forward. That's I, I can't wait till we have those digitized. And I will say, if you don't, if you're listening to this podcast later, or you're not a re- near your radio at seven thirty Friday, they to, they do put those take five for the community on their website. So go onto their website, and you'll be able to find listen to Brian's yeah. interview. And then and then I, I'm sure they they've been pretty gracious when you were on the sports show with with Bill and Steve Anderson. 
Um, I'm going to see if maybe I can get that audio and we can, mm. you know, release it on, on our Facebook page or we heck, we can just do it as a special little tiny podcast we can put out. Something, we'll get the word out, but definitely Old School Red Hill Facebook page will have detailed information how you can donate. Um, I, I can say that, that the guys, the four guys on this podcast, as a podcast um, are are going to give back. We've we've been lucky and have sponsors, and and uh, we're going to give uh, as much of that money back as as we can. Kick in some of our own to get everything started. So um, hopefully we can we can raise the money fast to at least do the quote unquote podcast years of seventy four to the early nineties, and and then we'll work on you know going going backwards and forwards from there. So um, tune in on Friday morning to Waco for that. Um, before we get started, matter of fact, before we even tell you what we're going to do today, uh, Chip has something he'd like to talk about. Yeah. As, as a Red Hill fan podcast, uh, Red Hill sadly lost one of its biggest fans last week in the passing of Terry Havel. Uh, Terry worked at Red Hill as a bus driver and a custodian, mostly after our time at the school. Um, but worked for many years in Unit 10. But we knew him best as the dad of Brant, Brady, and Brian, and the husband of Cindy. Um, being in, in age right in between Brady and Brian, uh, he was a fixture at Red Hill events as far back as I can remember. Starting at Junior Pro when I was seven, eight years old, um, he was there. Um, fifth and sixth grade basketball, being a year behind Brady and a Year ahead of Brian, um, Terry was always there in the stands. Uh, Little League, Red Hill Junior High basketball, Babe Ruth baseball, and of course his familiar seats in the West Chairbacks at Red Hill High School, where they had those seats for many years and still do. Um, watching, got to watch Brian play on some of the most successful teams in Red Hill history, and then the past twenty-two years, uh, Brian's been head coach and. Terry even drove the bus for the team with Brian as the head coach. And I say he was just a fixture and always in it. When sometimes I think of Red Hill, like fans and Paris in the days, we were, they were a little rowdy, always on the officials, sometimes maybe a little over the top. Uh, I don't think you ever saw that from Terry Howell. Terry was yeah. always calm and supportive. And uh, from everybody I've talked to, that's kind of how he was in all of his aspects in life. Um, I think Rodney Roderick put it really well. Um, Rodney's best friends with Brian, known Terry his whole life. Uh, I saw him post this on Facebook. He said, this was quoting Rodney after the grave, graveside service last Friday. He said, I've got to be more like my dad and more like Terry D. Havel. So when I pass, they speak of me like they spoke of him today. Terry will be greatly missed by so many family our condolences go out to his family and friends. Terry, well said, Chip. Yeah. yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. yeah for sure. We will uh, take a break here and then we'll be back and we'll get going with this podcast right after this. You want all the amenities of a big time bank with a local touch? No better place than People State Bank. Sumner, Bridgeport, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville are your convenient locations. They've got financial accounts and assistance for personal, business, agricultural trust services and retirement accounts and people state banks your local bank that supports red hill sports and other activities as well as 4-h projects and many many other local organizations remember 
Four convenient locations, Sumner, Bridgeport, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville, People's State Bank. Okay, we are back. Old School Red Hill Podcast. We want to, again, thank our sponsors. Gre- nope, it is not great. See how uh, old habits oh, die hard. Well, we got a great mention. I didn't we had think, gone like two podcasts I did, mentioning. didn't think I'd do it. I did it. So let's try that again. We can't do this without our sponsors, Andrews Insurance Agency, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, and of course, the great folks at People's State Bank. Chip, what are we going to do today? One of our favorites. People love it when we do these. Uh, we love doing the school year episodes, but those um, those are great to listen to. But they're sometimes people like it just in a short little, they want a little more packaged version of it so we're going to take one week out of the daily record from this week and we're going to go i did a randomizer i went i put about 10 years in there and hit randomizer on my computer and i even filmed it so people knew i was being honest and it came up 1991 so we're doing this week in 1991 i'm a i'm a 91 red hill grad so at this time I know Brian has a disclaimer on years when he graduated. <laughs> I would not have been. Now, I graduated in 91, but I was not in high school at this time. Yeah. This is this is the next school year. Yeah. Um, so we're going to cover from October 28th till November 2nd of 1991. And we're going to take it day by day. I'm going to start with Monday. And as I said, I was a freshman at OCC. Well, I didn't say this, but I said I wasn't in high school. I was a freshman at OCC, Olney Central College at this time. So I was still very close to the Red Hill. Yeah, I wasn't close at all. I was <laughs> I was running the allergy immunization clinic at Mountain Home Air Force Base in Idaho at this time. So yeah. I was, thank you for uh, your service. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. It is uh, almost veterans day. Well, so and, and I think, veterans day. Though, thank you. And, and, uh, <laughs> I think if you'll notice that there was uh during desert storm, n- uh, nobody, uh, reached any harm at mountain home air force base. And, and I think that's partly because I was on watch quite frankly. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Dave, where and were you? You guys were in high school. You're, oh, yeah. you're part of this. Oh yeah, starting left, uh, starting left tackle. Okay, uh, the offensive lineman, senior right. Dave, junior yeah. Gary. So back and is this back. is this the blue white game year, Dave? When you dominate? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've gotten to this little. Now I've sort of fallen off as the season's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the beginning of the season, which we've talked about that on several yeah. podcasts, and this is going to be we're near yeah. the end of the football season yeah. now. So we're going to get. Um, the two Dave's, Dave's 10th game of the season, if you count the blue white game. So actually, uh, did you miss com- any? I was coming off of let's see homecoming against Flora was week was two weeks ahead of this. Yeah. And right after that homecoming, like that weekend, I came down with a nasty case of strep throat. Oh, I'm, I was out like the entire next week, missed the oblong game. I think Which I we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. I think I, I think I can't. I think I was the, the in street clothes, maybe on the sideline for the Oblong game, but wasn't able to play because I missed practice all week. And then so th- then I didn't practice. I didn't go back to practice till the Tuesday of the of this week against Lawrenceville. So I'm we'll, just kind of working back into getting we, my strength. We always back call and, you know because Dave uh, always talks about how Oblong gives us fits even when we're really good and. So we've yeah. we've nicknamed that the King Bowl over all the yeah, years we've yeah, talked about. This was literally the King Bowl. Your yeah, your yeah. senior year of, of oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into it. Let's then. do so, it. 
we're going to get into the sports and I'm going right through the paper. I'm going to start at page one and we're going to see what's going on. Um, The Monday paper is always a good one. I was glad I drew that straw this week because you get the whole weekend. You get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get three days of action. Yeah, We don't just give that to like a new, a brand new person on the podcast. You got to be a veteran (laughs) podcaster. Now I know this is the Red Hill podcast. I've got a little bit of Lawrenceville news here. Uh, I know some people don't like when we go that direction. but I don't like it. For just a couple no, of minutes. No, I'm joking. I love it. Uh, it's front page news, and they had their second annual alumni mixer, which is still going today. They So that's when they bring in it's, – it's all, all the classes are invited. Over 600 Lawrenceville wow. graduates attended. I, that, Holy cow. I mean – that's amazing. <laughs> and the Elks, they're afraid. Dave Courtney's afraid that they're going to outgrow their location, that the Elks can't handle it anymore with 600 people in there. So this is a hit. You can't handle the crowd. <laughs> and nowadays, they still do it. They've brought Red Hill in on it. It's now the all-county mixer. Are they topping and, 600 now, even bringing Red Hill no, in? I, no, no, no. And it's oh. all uh, they always hold it. Lawrenceville homecoming weekend still. So I think that rubs some Red Hill people the wrong way. I think like last year, each school had homecoming the same weekend, which is very rare. They actually try to avoid that. I think it just happened to land that way. So I think it's Red Hill people may, it's going to, it's mainly a Lawrenceville event. I'd love to see Red Hill get something back. People have tried it. It just has never completely caught, caught on. I've never been to one, so I can't say that I've supported (laughs) them. Never caught on with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the uh, alumni mixers, I just thought that 600 was interesting. Yeah. LHS yeah. royalty. These are people, you know, from, I mean, these are nine 92 grads at, at Lawrenceville. So let's see who won the King and Queen over there. Um, Montez Bo Coleman is oh, your Bo king Coleman, yeah. at Lawrenceville. Oh. When I think of Montez Bo Coleman, I had no idea his name was Montez. Yes. And we can just call him Bo now. Okay. When I, th- when I think of Bo, we had like a dance after a, football game or a basketball game or something and i remember he came to the dance it wasn't a homecoming dance or anything it was just like a dance just a school dance i remember montez Bo, Bo as we're gonna call him yeah he owned the dance floor that night i'm sure you guys were there i don't know if you were i'm sure i was but montez was doing some type of <laughs> okay i guess we're calling him montez <laughs> <laughs> i think just you are <laughs> so um he was on the dance floor. He had, I don't know if it was break dancing or what it was, probably not break, but just good dancing. He had the entire dance floor surrounding him. You know how they do, how everybody oh, yeah. gathers in a circle. Okay. So um, we've all been surrounded my, that, at some point. That's my main, that's what I always think of when I see his name. And then Amy Jo Madden, she won the queen. So congratulations to those two uh, as reigning over homecoming. So I didn't know uh, this was a Lawrenceville podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the old school yeah. Lawrenceville podcast. I was going to tell you that the Lawrenceville you, water bye. tower went down over the weekend. They were getting a new water tower, but um, <laughs> I guess we can't. <laughs> Brought to you by Mr. Drumstick. <laughs> but it makes sense because Carl Crockett, he was in my he was in class of 91 at Red Hill. I don't, he didn't stay the whole year, but he was with us for a little bit our senior year because his dad was building the new water tower in Lawrenceville in 91. 91. There was a Red Hill Carl Crockett. I don't remember Carl that Carl Crockett. Carl just Carl moved around. Like I say, he was with us for just part of the school year because he basically moved wherever his dad was building a water tower. So they wow, were just all, all over the moving. country. Yeah. So I don't know what Carl's Speaking up to. Speaking of. 
We've made fun of the petroleum boil orders on here before. Yes. Marty Curry, who sent that? that? Uh, one of you guys I, sent that yeah, screenshot of Marty Curry yeah. said that they ought to put an oil field flare underneath the water tower and just keep it boiling. Keep a constant boil in that water. I think that was a great idea. That's so a great man. idea. Good job, Marty Curry, on that. Oh, that was All right, good so let's get into the school we really yes. want to yes. learn about here. Let's get into Red Hill and... Um, not a ton in this paper, but there's a few things here and there. Uh, BTHS, BTHS class of 41 held their 50 year reunion over the weekend or recently over it was post. It was just posted, but the reunion was back in September. Um, now I did the math. These folks will be a hundred now. I was going to say, this would be what they're two years ago. This, uh, this would be their 82nd this year right so they are uh yeah at 82 so they'd be a hundred years old don't know how many are still there were 35 that came to the reunion which is a great number better than my classes put up we haven't had a reunion for 17 years but when we did have them better numbers than we would show and um really the name in there um if if you know of anyone that's still alive from the class let us know we'll give them a shout out next episode i don't hell let's have them on i'd like to hear some stories yeah yeah i mean odds are most of these uh graduates have passed um the one name that stood out to me there's a few names i recognize there but a true old school name martha rucker ernst Mm. Uh, she was our school nurse um lived there on gray street and where where the putneys would eventually live and she was part of this class. What so, a nice lady she was. Oh, very nice. So she was she was there at the at the reunion. Um, so yeah, congratulations to the class of 41. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the sports page. And it's Red Hill Junior High season. If it's the end of October, you know it's round robin time. Round Absolutely. robin, one of the best There's, tournaments there ever was. There it is. And the Salukis got off to a 2-0 start with wins over Flora and Noble. So two good wins to start the season. And I saw that this year's Saluki team, I know people involved with that team, the coaches listened. So I saw they're off to a 2-0 start. They're oh, eighth good. Team. Not different tournament, different round robin they're playing in, but Red Hill doesn't host one anymore. Oh, they don't? But yet, oh, that sucks. No, they're playing somewhere, Hudsonville or somewhere. Gotcha. Um, so we did that. We did lose in the title game. We lost to St. Joe's. St. Joe's became kind of, St. Joe's came, became kind of a powerhouse in that tournament. They did not play when I in there when I was in school, but I they came along definitely when Gary was there. That was their oh, first yeah. time coming into the tournament, so they've become kind of a a power there. But always nice to get a win over Flora. They they usually bring a strong squad to that round robin tournament. So a little some stats there for you. And the champ, I only had the championship game because that's what was played over the weekend. That uh, shot forty one percent from the field. This wasn't a losing effort. Sixty to fifty five. So high scoring junior good high game. game. Yeah, that's a real good junior um, high game. You'll recognize some of these names. Uh, Ryan Waldrop led the way with 14 points. He went on to have a nice nice career. Yes. Uh, Jerry Marinholz scored 12. Two guys that would go on to have some good years during some tough seasons, but helped get Red Hill kind of back on track. They were part of that transition uh, to getting us back to winning regional championships again. And then uh, Jason Watson, the big man, scored 10 points. And then um, friend of the podcast, Nick Grove. Tally four, Jamie Stevens four, and then Jed Wilson two. So um, some big names. These would be the class of 96. And then this top scores tournament, Red Hill didn't place anybody in the top five scores of the tournament. So Chad Coker from St. Joe scored 77. That's a nice little three-game 
output there. That's a over 25 a game. If I'm doing my math correctly there. Yeah, you're right. So, um, but yeah, Red Hill went with the balanced attack. I mean, so we're not going to have guys yeah. when you got all, all, I mean, those six or seven names I listed, um, you're not going to have 25 points. Yeah, scores. for sure. So you know who put those stats together. Oh yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Gary. Mr. C Anthony Zimski. That's one of the things it's just, um, we lost him like a year or two ago and yeah. it's like we, he was one we wanted to get on the show and, uh, sadly didn't get a chance to, uh, but yes, Mr. C did so much for that tournament for the whole program. Um, and listen to our Richard Dixon episode. He'll, he'll let you know how, how I wonder if someone, the, if someone at the junior high kept, or if he kept all those statistics and things there at the school or where that was, I got to think that those are somewhere. Yeah, because he would give us the sheet at the end of the season. Yeah. All the set. So somewhere there's a three-ring binder. Because you know he's meticulous. He wasn't just like tossing oh, to the no. side. He, they're probably laminated in a three-ring binder somewhere. And I hope yeah, nobody threw them away. No, surely not. But those had a lot of years uh, there for sure. They, they might be, you know, I'm sure, yeah, he would have kept him in his house. I'm sure he left him at the school. Probably left him with Mr. Dixon when he retired. Because uh, since he re- he would have retired before Mr. Dixon did. So uh, it would have been a good question. I guess we can always ask Mr. Dixon again. Yeah, we need at. to. So let's get into the football game. That's always a highlight of the Monday paper when you are um, when you're getting that paper on Friday evening. You want to see how the Salukis did. Yep. Was the headline that David King was not in action? No, they didn't. Ma- I'm surprised Mr. Jones, yeah. Joe Jones, did not mention that. So a little background. We're coming into this season, um, Owen set or into this game, Owen seven on the season. We're on a 17-game losing streak overall. We lost our last game in 89. We lost nine in a row in 90, and we've lost our first seven of 1991. Mm. As a fan, I, I attended every game that season. I Remember, I'm just going to OCC. I'm still living in Bridgeport. So this is the one where I'm, okay, we're going to break the streak. They were the last time we won in 89. That's the last game we won was against Oblong. We've got some talent here. It's a little some young talent, but we're gonna we're gonna beat Oblong. I had Oblong comes in two and five, so this is not an zero and seven Oblong team. We're yeah. playing. Oblong had some good athletes in those early nineties classes um, that we it will get mentioned here in a little bit. So this is gonna be our breakout game, and I was looking forward to it. Made the trip up there. And Joe Jones goes into a little of what I talked about, how the losing streak and so forth. And in this game, it was a tight game, but Oblong did prevail nine to seven. In yeah, they're they're Always a thorn tough. in our side. They really are. Anymore, we pretty much dominate them nowadays. But back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, they had a little bit stronger program. But as a fan, I overlooked. I just thought we would. We ha- we had this game, so I think we always we always handled them pretty good in basketball yeah maybe that's maybe that's where the right that's yeah maybe that, that's where that so you got that superiority complex yeah, over there because guess, of the dominant but, performances yeah. but so, football definitely was not that way so coach yeah. said we pretty much dominated the first half we didn't run many plays the second half that was the key the defense was on the field almost the entire time but they played well we only gave up nine points on the night um you know bend but not break is what we were that was not a good evidence quote i made that one up myself he yeah. said we, we we let a kid get behind us on defense, and we, they scored a late touchdown, um, and then they scored a field goal in the closing closing moments of the game to win. I got to give credit, an 11-yard touchdown. 
Now, one good thing about this team I'm seeing, we haven't won. I think we've scored a touchdown in almost every – we've scored exactly one touchdown in all but one game, I think is what I read. So we're putting points – we're only putting one score on the board. I was going to say, I don't think we scored against Salem. Okay, so we scored on Mount Carmel then? Yeah, we scored against Mount Carmel. Okay, sure. so Salem Bob, would have been the one. Bob, we- Bobby ripped off a – Okay, and a preview of the for the following yeah, season, he ripped yeah, off right. like a fifty yard touchdown. <laughs> so, so yeah, all but the Salem game, we've we've scored him. And the thing is, Bobby Stevens has scored every one of our touchdowns going so far this season. Wow, right, we've yeah. scored six touchdowns coming into this game. He scored all yeah. six of them. Yeah. And um, but this game, there's a new kid in town, and I'm sure he remembers it. An eleven. It was well. Sorry, let me let me build you up to this. There was an eleven-yard run by Gary Emmons. Okay, so we're driving here, and then Bobby Stevens back-to-back ten-yard carries. We're really moving the chains at this point. Then Chancey Roderick puts the Salukis inside the ten-yard line. Sophomore Chancey Roderick. Yeah. Um, and then we're in. Gary Emmons got the score on a one-yard keeper. Oh, so, nice. Needed the Gary, offensive line there. Yes. Gary scored the first – got his first touchdown of the season. He may have had a passing TD to Bobby. I don't know. But his first rushing touchdown of the season. And then um, Aaron Lukens nailed the extra point to give us that 7 nothing lead. And then Oblong would make would score in the late in the, sec, in the second half, I believe. So it's 7-6 to six at halftime. And was that way throughout. And then we had a couple turnovers that happened. This is at our uh, place, right? No, this, this is up oh, at all. Yes. Um, Jeremy Johnson caught a big – or Jeremy Johnson caught the touchdown pass in the, in the first half, I guess. And then in the second half, uh, Bart Goodwin. Yeah, I remember that. Game. Bart kicked a field goal. He nailed a 20-yard field goal in the closing minute of the game, I think it said. I remember Willie Williams swearing that that didn't go through the uprights. But... <laughs> oh, okay. And Willie, Williams, there's a picture in the paper. Speaking of Willie, Willie, Willie had a whale of a game. It shows him – well, I'm looking at the picture right here. It's called Bartman Crup because this is the time of do the Bartman. So the Bartman <laughs> has been crunched on Bart Goodwin. Um, Willie with just the most perfect – I mean, textbook form tackle. His helmet's <laughs> in the right place. I mean, it's exactly Dang. the way that they teach you with the dummy. So, and um, I'm so, assuming I'm assuming Willie started. I don't know if Willie started that left tackle for me or if Mike Huddleston did. Mike would have been just a freshman. Okay. That, or saw he would have been a sophomore. That's right. Oh yeah. You know something we we and pretty much all through our years, Chip, when you played too. We always came out with a decent first drive and oh, didn't yeah. do crap the rest of the yeah. game. Oh, and yeah. it's always strange how that – I don't know. It's weird. We yeah, always score early. I think it kind of goes along with when you have teams that aren't really talented. They, you can prepare them for a game, and they're ready to go that first series. You can get them yeah. all prepared. But after a while, the ta- the lack of talent starts. <laughs> you can only sustain that for so yeah. long. Yep. And it well, you most it all, you speak it for all yourself. Sports. I went two and zero against Oblong. So varsity <laughs> career. I mean, in, in basketball, a couple months later, we were up. It was ten to ten. Oblong and Red Hill in basketball the score was ten to ten. And yeah. the next thing you look, it's fifty two to ten. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where <laughs> they had they had a scout. They knew what they needed to do. Yeah. But then the talent takes over. Yeah, and, right. you know, I'm usually out talented and playing both ways, and you get yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. looking and at they, that picture. That is one heck of a tackle by Willie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
And they said, I'm looking back at the article now because I knew there was something else about Willie in here. When John, Jeremy Johnson caught that 62-yard touchdown pass in the first, second quarter, they said Williams was bearing down for a sack. I mean, <laughs> oh, Williams no. almost had him, had the quarterback, but then he let Goodman – or Goodwin let – the Bart man let go of the ball right as Williams. This, is, this so, is going from the old school Lawrenceville podcast to the <laughs> Willie show all of a sudden. And I don't think we've talked about him a lot in the our four yeah. seasons of this show. Yeah. So it's he deserves it. get some him, him some publicity. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's a 9-7 to seven final. Um, our, nine Rhett, to seven. As I said, Gary had our score. Jeremy had the score for Oblong. And then uh, Bart hit the field goal in the closing minute. I think we got the ball back with like 20 seconds left and not, not enough to drive and score. So how many we've lost in a row, in a row now? So we're at 18 in a row oh, now. Hey. We do have one game. We have Lawrenceville. We'll preview that game more in a little bit, and the Gary will actually cover that game. So in the NEC standings right now, it's it looks like, let's see. It can't be pretty. We're at the bottom of the conference. I, I, I know that. Okay, here we go. Salem and Mount Carmel are both at 6-1. and one. Uh, Fairfield's 5-2. and two. Um, so that's the top of the conference. We're at 0 and 6 in the conference, and Lawrenceville's at 0 and 6, and we're at 0 and 8 overall, and Lawrenceville's at 0 and 8 overall. So we'll get what to was that. that. Go run through who was after, uh, okay, Fairfield. yeah, I'll do the whole thing. Yeah, Salem's Salem Mount Carmel tied for first, Fairfield's in third, F- Flora is four and two. Um, this was heading, or no, yeah, this is a heading into the last week. So Flora's four and two in fourth place, Alney's three and three. And fifth, Carmine's in sixth at two and five, and then Lawrenceville and Red Hill are winless. Like I, th- those Fairfield teams were dang good too. They Eric were, Murphy and yeah, that was a good. Uh, fair. Was Simpson on that team? Brian Simpson? Would he or see you the year he, out? He, Simpson graduated nice. So like during the '89 right. season, we would play against him and Foster, and then that's um, right. Yeah, that's right. then yeah. Uh, Jeremy Carter was uh, on the ninety. He's ninety-one. He's my age, and uh, Carter and KCAC that that um, combo. Yeah, starting with, like Eric Murphy's class of '92. Gwaltney didn't play football, but part of that class they had a really good football stretch from about 92 to around 97, 98. They had, yeah. you had Kip Walters coming in. You had a lot of great Richard Reed, a lot of great athletes coming in there at Fairfield. Um, so um, I've always thought if I started a side podcast, I'd love yeah. to do an, an old school NEC, like talking about all of these, oh, yeah. these teams. I would, I would enjoy doing that if I ever started another one. So uh, that's that. Let me see if there's anything else I need to cover from that day. Um, oh, just a little bit of, uh Sports news there. I saw Jim Harbaugh led the Bears in a big win over the Saints. You Bears fans probably remember that, 2017. A lot of fans are clamoring for him to be the next head coach. If they clean house this winter, um, he could be the next head coach of the Bears. He would win. He may lose his job in Michigan. I was going to say, yeah, Yeah. this. who knows how how big of a deal that's going to become. And then my Washington Redskins moved to 8-0 on the season on their way to a Super Super Bowl. Bowl, Yeah, Haven't won one since. And I was thinking of other Washington Redskin fans back then. Chris Lyles, this first year at Red Hill as full-time teacher, he had to be loving that Redskins Super Bowl run, letting uh, not a whole lot of other Redskins fans in the school. So congratulations to Coach Lyles on winning that Super Bowl in your first year at Red Hill. God, And yes. that's all I have for Monday. Hey, before we get to Tuesday, let's just run over real quick. Number one movie in the country, October 27th, it's House Party 2, $6 million. Dollars at the box office. Uh, the uh, Billboard Hot 100. I just put this down is some bad. So, well, it is. There is some bad stuff. However, I just did some notable songs. The, the, you know, when you pick and choose, it's pretty good. Number 28, Motown Philly. 
Number 23, Love of a Lifetime by Firehouse. 22, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye by Boys to Men. 19's Inner Sandman. 17's Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses. 13, Everybody Plays the Fool by Aaron Neville. Number four was Wholehearted by Extreme. And the number one song in the country was Emotions by Mariah Carey. Yeah, she did a good job on that one. Yeah. Um, thank you. I think again Wholehearted to my... by, I think that is a, uh, I think that's a little bit underrated. I've always thought that was underrated because, I mean, I, it's really good. Um, I think it's I mean, probably about time to take a break, I think, real quick. Yeah, that'd be good. Why don't we uh, why don't we do that? We'll be, we'll be right back. When you hear that song, you know it's time to talk pizza. And that place for pizza in Bridgeport is Griffin's Pizza House. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 4 to 9. Call 945-3663. You can pick it up. You can have it delivered. Dine in. But just call. This is the place to get pizza. And remember, normally, first Friday of every month is their lunch day, but that is moved. So it's Friday, November 10th will be the lunch day at Griffin's Pizza House for November. Whether it's before or after a ball game, or just because you're hungry for great food, call 945-FOOD for Griffin's Pizza House. If you're looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents, and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618 945 2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. And again, thanks to the sponsors, People State Bank, Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Uh, let's go to Tuesday, Mr. David Marshall King. Very, very light Red Hill News Day in the Daily Record on Tuesday, but I will start, uh, I will start by uh, wishing David David Freeman, a happy 17th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. On, on October 29th, 1991. So, happy hey, birthday. Happy birthday, David. And he just yeah. celebrated his 50th or 49th? Uh, he, no, 49th. Okay. So, just, happy, uh, happy 49th, David. A mere, yeah. a, mere, uh, a mere 32 years later. Happy so. 17th and 49th. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's on the same day. I wonder what the chances yeah, of that exactly. are. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, not uh, not much going on. Uh, got a got an article in the, the sports section. It's pretty pretty sparse. But uh, Joe Jones is going in. Uh, kind of how private schools are kind of ruining the uh, IHS IHSA football playoff formats. I'm getting complaints from a lot of uh, non-private schools about how that's going on. But kind of an interesting read for the times. How many classes was it back? Was it? Was this? Uh, looks like five, at least Are we talking five. Football for football. How many classes? Six back then. Yeah, I think it was still six. Six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Eight, eight now. Eight now. Yep. Yeah. This this article was kind of focus focused on some of the five A schools, but yeah, six uh, six sounds right. Um, thought it was interesting. You can get a new garage built for like like a pretty good size garage, forty by fifty six by ten for like eight thousand dollars. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That, you can get a yard barn for that now. Hardly. Who, who's building that? Uh, Hobgood Contractors out of Evansville. Okay. Um, seems, so I all mean, their, that seems all, fair. Yeah. So um, Lawrenceville School Board um, elections are upcoming the uh, following Ooh. week. So a lot of write-ups in the, in the paper for that, but I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Um, like Chip, who slept. We had too much Lars little night. Yes. But uh, yeah, just the thing, a thing on the count. The main thing on the calendar is a uh, is the big Red Hill uh, Lawrenceville football game later that later that week, this coming Friday, November first. So we'll somebody win. has to win. Yes. So yeah, your we'll news- that's right. They're both zero and eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Dave. Yeah, your your newspaper was six pages that day. Yeah, that. yes. that's crazy. You don't see that very often. Yeah, not not one bit of Red Hill news. So. Look at this Radio Shack commercial. An AM FM stereo cassette, eighteen percent off for twenty seven eighty eight. Well, I thought I was. In, I saw the the com, there the there's a computer, a Tandy, like a forty yeah Tandy forty megabyte computer, um, like eleven hundred and some dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in nineteen ninety one was a lot of twelve hundred dollars, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, oh, that yeah, like that's how like computers and like VCRs were like eight or nine hundred dollars like back in the eighty, like an 82, 81, 82 there, like yeah. eight hundred dollars for a VCR. It's crazy. Yeah, well, here's portable, a portable, yeah, portable yeah. CD player for hundred and twenty bucks. That's well, yeah, store sixteen songs in any order. <laughs> it's amazing. Store sixteen <laughs> songs. Wow, that's awesome. So. <laughs> things have uh things have changed just you can get a dual powered pocket calculator for seven bucks that's not bad <laughs> okay regular, there you go. regular 10 yeah so where was radio shack oh i remember square. yeah 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 there was one on the square yeah, yeah I, I forgot that. about that yeah but, all uh, right are you done that was, I will admit, uh, this is not Dave's fault. That was a sad newspaper that day, but I'm going to pick things up on my day. Here we are. We're on uh, Wednesday, October 30th, 1991. Uh, first off, I wanted to cover something going on in the national news. Um, the Israelis and the Palestinians attend mid mid East peace conference in Madrid, Spain. Um, I'm really well. curious to see how that turns out. <laughs> American country singer Clint Black, he's 34 years old. He marries beautiful 29-year-old actress Lisa Hartman. They still together? Yeah. They are still together. Yeah. Are they really? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, five men running for three four-year terms on the Unit tour, Unit 10 school board. Ooh. Two uh two of her, uh the races are uncontested. We'll start with those first. And I, I remember seeing this guy's name. I never in my life knew how to pronounce it. Curtis, is it Donna now? Uh, don't out. We had this discussion one other time, and our the pronunciation was given to us on the. Um, oh, good. Page. It's like I can't. I think it was. Uh, we still don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like don't out or something. Like you keep going, Brian. I'll be right with okay. back. I'll be back on that one. And incumbent John Conover are running unopposed, but the big race is 38-year-old Mike Rucker from 353 Gray Street. Now, his platform is he wants to improve vocational courses, expand gifted student programs, and pushing for better teamwork on the school board. He's attended a lot of meetings just as a uh, a citizen in preparation to run for school board, he said, and, and uh, he wants to get the I and a little more we in there. He is opposed by Bob Parrott, 33 years old, lives at Route 1, Bridgeport. 
Like Rucker, his dad was on the board during the consolidation, so he said he knows how how to, uh, uh, or he saw firsthand how to how to uh, maneuver tough times on the school board. Both of those guys said that he wants to move to smaller sized conference in athletics. Um, mm. Says that the oh, it's just too wow. hard to compete in the NEC, and uh, see how his tax dollars are spent, and see that the kids get a good education. The third uh, person running for that spot is 47-year-old Randy Walls. Um, he is at Route 1 as well. He, he uh, said the state-mandated goals are too high, puts too much pressure on the kids. He's all for a good education, but wants to get away from those state-mandated goals. So I did go ahead and, and peek ahead to next week. We're gonna, I'm going to ruin a podcast in the future, but uh, I knew we'd want to know how that turned out. Yeah. So the, the headline was Red Hill Unit 10 Horse Race, Rucker the Victor in a three-way battle. Um, he, all the guys said, listen, we knew it was going to be close. We're friends. Um, and the, it was a 91-vote margin that Rucker beat um, Parrot by 440 to 349. Walls got three hundred and seven. So, and this was that's a, the Sumner vote coming in there. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a close race. Um, Rucker said that he knew that he wouldn't uh, he would do much better in Bridgeport than what he did in Sumner, and that that uh, came to to be the the case. But but uh, he will join uh, Rex Moan, Tom Tuttle, Joe Mosby, and Carla Goble on the board. So Good there board. you go. Uh, there was a half-page ad on page two I thought was interesting. Tom Milken from Channel 10 in Terre Haute, he visited the set of the Wheel of Fortune to see Ooh. if the game itself or Pat and Vanna were the reason for the game's success. Um, took out a big ad to cover that story. In class of 1987 news, my classmate Brian Cummins was among 4,288 students to graduate from Southern Illinois University. He got a, a Bachelor's of Science in Science. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, I think he went on to become, I think he's a science teacher maybe at Olney or something oh, like that. It seems like, it seems like I've seen, that yeah. might be correct. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I haven't kept up with Brian, but he was he's a good dude, really good guy. Um, on the sports page, we always love Joe's gibberish, and he talked oh, about what Dave just mentioned. It was a, a two days in a row he talked about the new playoff system. Um, six Catholic schools got together and actually sued to get this rule to stop, and what that was was you had to start playing uh, the playoff class of your average enrollment, which actually – as we all know, hurt the Salukis. We're a 2A school that would have to play 3A playoffs under this yep. new system. Um, but again, like like Dave said, the the schools, the Catholic schools, the private schools didn't have to adhere to the regular school districts, so they were allowed to recruit and and uh, were having major success because of it, and still are. Uh, yeah, because Indiana's different now. There's really no school districts in Indiana anymore. You can basically go wherever you want. Matter of fact, there's two or three buses from Washington that come to our school at Bar Reeve um, to the point where we're probably getting to be about maxed out unless we want to jump up a class because of it. So, But Illinois is still school districts, right? Yep, still school districts. And the, and the private schools dominate the state series, especially um, – well, football, they dominate. Volleyball, they dominate. I mean, most state 
it, the Catholic, the Catholic schools are the private schools. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Indiana's the it, same way. I mean, it, I think, I, I think in a lot of years in, in, in basketball and especially boys, girls, volleyball, it's almost always a, a private school versus a public school. I mean, there's always one of each, and, yep. and, and the private schools obviously do real well. And, of course, there's still that old way of thinking, well, they get a recruit. Well, so, I mean, so can technically, so can everybody else now. You just got to hide it a little bit. But um, At the Lawrenceville home, <laughs> this is interesting. You know, at, at the we're going to talk about Lawrenceville again. Yeah, their, home, their homecoming game, they uh, had a raffle and to give away the game ball. And all the proceeds went to various elementary school projects. And guess who won the game ball? Joe Jones. The son of Red Hill football coach Bill Evans, young Scotty oh, Evans, wins oh, wow. the game That's ball. That's great. He won the uh, the Lawrenceville Indian Homecoming football game ball. So congratulations to yeah, Scotty. Sure, I know it's Lawrenceville, but I bet he was thrilled as, oh, a, yeah. as an yeah. elementary student to win that ball. Anytime that night, you win, so. a, win a ball, yeah, for sure. Um, it, uh, the American Legion in Bridgeport, they're going to host, a, on November 1st, they're going to host an all-you-can-eat turkey dinner now it does have all the trimmings in case you're wondering and that is going to cost you a mere three dollars so and one last thing um on november 2nd so jumping ahead i did think this was interesting jermaine jackson now this is new to me jermaine jackson releases a song an anti-michael jackson song called word to the bad it was written Ooh. and performed by himself, L.A. Reid, Daryl Simmons, Joe Jackson, and Lisa Left Eye Lopez. And I did pull a clip of this song. Just yeah, he didn't cut any corners. He got no. the big names. I in mean, there. and he it's said Joe Jackson too. Yeah, it's it like starts Bob, like the dad. Like the dad. I'm assuming it's that one and not the guy that sings "Stepping, Stepping Out." out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot of, I gave you love. You gave your love. Thought we'd never part. Said you loved me. Then you left me with a broken heart. You only think about number one. You forgot about where we started from. So, yeah, I'll just play a little bit of this here. It ain't about you taking my pie. You've been taking it for a long time. If you don't care, I don't care. So, Jermaine yeah. flexing his muscles a little bit. Sorry there. to hear about that between the two of them. Yeah, I didn't realize. I, I, I never heard that song. There's not one person in that family that has any success if it's not for Michael. He is number one. I mean, he he made them all millionaires, Janet yeah. included. Yeah, it's hard to. I know. Chip it probably still stings for Jermaine. He thought he had just as much talent, I'm sure. I do like that one song of Jermaine's. What's a, um, why, uh, why don't you do what you do? You did what you did. That's a great song. I like that song. Okay, uh, that's it, guys. I'm done with October 30th, 1991. Well, I guess it's back to me then. Are we ready to keep going? Or do we go, break? go, go okay, with let's your keep plowing through others. This. Let's see what happened in Lawrenceville on yeah. you know, October. Well, they 30. had their Halloween parade on the Sesame Street news. Um, it shows Mike Jordan uh, with some uh, Care Bears. I like Mike Michael Jordan. Jordan was there. <laughs> yes, and it's um, 
I believe this Mike Jordan. It seems like he lives somewhere. Oh yeah, uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Is that yeah. um, which way's Pink Staff? Is that like North, North on Route North One? On Route one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm picturing. So yes, Pink Staff. Uh, he was a referee. If it's the same guy, and uh, I we had him like as a referee in fifth and sixth grade basketball and stuff. And we just thought it was so funny that his name was Mike Jordan. He was a mustachioed um, man, wasn't he? He, he sure was. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and um, so and then. I didn't have a lot in this paper, so I'm going to go straight to, I got two things to cover. We're going to get into the okay. county clash a little bit. And I thought at this time, while there were some great songs in the fall of 91 that Brian mentioned, I was really into country at this time. And a lot of people were getting into country. I mean, this is when, I don't know, it almost not, it kind of became where it's kind of country's kind of cool now. And I think the early nineties is when it kind of became cool to listen I think to. I Gar- may know Garth what- was a big start of Yeah big part of this go ahead but, keep um, going i think I yeah i started listening to watching cmt all, we got cmt on our cable watching it all the time so i was gonna go through the top country songs that week for you dude i want to see if you mention the one that I'm, i feel like should be about this time okay so number 10 patty loveless hurt me bad in a real good way fantastic song uh, i'm i'm feeling like i'm at occ commuting there every day when i see these names uh number nine a picture of me without you by Lori morgan i'd seen her in concert a few months earlier with clint black the aforementioned clint black yes um number eight trisha yearwood like we never had a broken heart I think this is her third single she's had with that debut in, right around this time i saw trisha yearwood open up for garth brooks in uh, boise idaho okay and little did we know what would eventually become of, of that Song I really Oh, liked. no. Did I just say Trisha Yearwood? That was Martina okay. McBride. Forget okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am um, spewing misinformation. Uh, number seven, a beautiful song. Guys, you, if Gary and Brian don't know this song, they should go listen to it together. They'd probably be in tears. At, listen to it. Brotherly Love by Keith Whitley and Earl Thomas oh, Conley. The, oh, n- neither one of those two guys' voice tears me up anyway, so let's not even do that. Um, Garth is on fire. His Rope in the Wind album came out that fall. Um, and Shameless, the Billy Joel remake. I was going to say, yeah, it's a Billy Joel remake right there. Yeah, shooting up the charts at number six. I'd be going to see Garth in concert about three weeks from now. In November, I saw him down at Rupp Arena. <laughs> now, was he with Martine McBride or Trisha Yearwood? On the- no, that one was actually the Judd's final concert. Oh, wow. So the Judd's actually headlined that night. Um, mm. So it was Billy Dean, and then Garth came on second, and the Judd's oh, wow. finished Dang. the show in their final show ever and i'm sure they did, did you leave after garth did you watch the whole oh no show? we watched the jazz and they they were tremendous um number five tempted by marty stewart number four a song i really like uh ricky van shelton keep it between the lines coming down to number one it's number one peak uh joe diffie new way to light up an old flame joe always had some of the catchiest uh songs um uh the like witty and clever, clever songs. I, I, John Deere Green's one of my favorite country songs of all time. Same here. Same here. Uh, Someday by Alan Jackson, number two. And then a song that the video just pulled, pulled up my heartstrings every time I saw it. I think my parents would almost, my mom might disagree with this and she probably doesn't remember, but like I would kind of get emotional during how much I got emotional during this music video of Travis Tritt. Mm. in a wheelchair um anymore by travis great Chase. oh yeah it's a vietnam great veteran what yeah. a what a music video you don't love um, me yeah. anymore. so that was number one that week so those are your hot country songs for you i thought you never go into the country music i didn't know here, so i thought we go. might just don't think it this is right around then right it was a little yeah. earlier 
this school year. It'll come out like later in the school year. Okay. But yes. I just interviewed. Yeah. Just introduced this video. It came on um, MTV Classic the other day to my daughter, and she's like, "What is happening?" Yeah, I always I had a student, a fifth grader down in Athens in my class, and this was Billy's kind of come back a little bit because of his daughter's popularity. Well, and he uh, was on that Old Town Road. That was yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean the biggest hit in Billboard history. If you go by that, <laughs> nineteen <laughs> weeks at number one. Um, so he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence, but he had kind of a, there was like that in between where he was where he was popular for a while. He had like his little four or five year run, and yeah. then like you never heard of him. But I had a kid, and this would have been like in the early 2000s when Billy Ray Cyrus was not popular. His name was Derek. Derek Dunk was his name. And he, this kid was a 10 year old, was like obsessed with Billy Ray Cyrus. (laughs) I I just respected that so much that, uh, I mean, he, that's all he would listen to. And I I think he was probably still doing shows and things like that, not in big arenas or anything, but he'd seen him in concert a few times. So, yeah. Shout out to Derek Dunk there. All right, Derek. I'm just reading the lyrics to Brotherly Love by Keith Whitley and Earl Todd. I'm about to tear up just reading. (laughs) No way I'm playing it. You're not going to get me to cry on this podcast. Yeah. Again. Um, all right. So let my only other thing to cover was the county clash previews. So this is the Thursday paper. So Jones is going in and preview, as we've talked about, we looked at the standings earlier. Both teams are 0 and 8. Um, the thing about Lawrenceville is we said Red Hill scored exactly one touchdown in all but one game, never scored more than a touchdown. Lawrenceville has not scored yet. This one of year. the great, one of my favorite things to teach to tease our friend Adam Fry about when we play golf. And it comes up a lot. Gary can attest that they didn't score for it until the last. Oh, my goodness. It yeah, is, we'll as bad as we were those yeah. years, we scored. We I mean, scored. I just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Bobby Stevens, definitely a difference maker. Um, yeah. And so it, it looks like a pretty even contest, Jones says, going on to it. Um, I, I guess we'll find out tomorrow what his pigskin, his prognostication was, but, um, he's expecting, because he says you can throw out the records at this point, you're going to see a a hard hitting game. It may, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. It, and this, this is their playoff. This, well, there's no two, a three, a, whatever you want to say. There's no playoffs for these two teams. This is it. And it's going to have that intensity and atmosphere going on. It's a heavyweight clash. Gary and Adam are great friends. And Mr. Joe Jones even talks about that, that these guys are friends off the field. But as Mike Ditka says, players will be out there knocking the snot out of each other. Yeah, I got you. Adam's not going to be afraid to knock the snot out of Gary and vice versa if, if, if they need to. So Lawrenceville does lead the overall series 58 to 15. We've definitely closed that gap over the past 32 years. Still a long way to go, though, I'm sure. But I'd like to, I need to go through and see what the current numbers are. Red Hills won twice in recent years back in, of course, 83 and in 88 were the wins. 88 was our last win over Lawrenceville. Not that long ago, just three years ago, uh, when Clifford York threw four touchdown passes and JJ Gentry said it was the his favorite game he ever played in his life yep. was that night beating Lawrenceville. Um, Lawrenceville did win last year. I was part of that game. We got off to we got off to a good start that game. We drew first blood. Aaron Lukens on a one yard run. Mm. I could st- I was definitely on the field for that one. I remember blocking on that play. That felt good to be on the line when our running back comes in and scores against Lawrenceville. No one. I, I was kind of a little part of it there. Probably more than um, a little, if I'm guessing. <laughs> I, 
didn't want to toot my horn too much there, but yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Chip thinks he's a much bigger part he's let on. And then of course the Kyle Turner seventy nine yard run. I was on the I was on the field for that one. <laughs> I was on the sidelines for that one. I, I watched that from a different angle. Um, but my favorite, uh, my favorite part about that game was uh, basically Evans finally benching Borja from kicking the extra points and field goals, and uh, Aaron Lucas come in about kicked at the Bridgeport. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Lawrence will scored 47 last season. Jones isn't expecting Lawrenceville to put up 47 again, but I think they're expecting to score against the Salukis. They're going to be highly disappointed if they go the whole season without scoring. Oh, so that must uh, be the, miserable. Bobby Stevens comes in. He's ran. He's run for 516 yards on the season on 123 carries. Uh, the Indians rely on a quartet of runners. Um, they share the load. Adam Fry, Aaron Glenn, Aaron Meffer, and Jarrell Coleman uh, are their rushing attack. Uh, Fry started the season at quarterback but he's been moved to running back as jr lockhart has taken over as the signal caller um and then let's see the salukis here's a here's a fear going into this game we already have david king on the mend he's not he's not he's probably not gonna be at 100 for this game but two-way lineman john phipps um they lost him during that oblong game so that oh, might have wow. been a, yeah, that was a big moment there. I didn't talk about in the game article. We lost Phipps. He's he's uh questionable. He's listed questionable by Coach Bill Evans going into this game. We'll have a further pretty, report 90 minutes before t- kickoff sure, tomorrow. Pretty sure he played against Lawrence. We'll wait, we'll wait for I Coach guess. Evans. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> um and then okay, so Evans, I know we're going to get to the, just in this article, he says that he thinks the Salukis might have the edge. Um, they're a slight favorite in this game uh, just because they can score. They've shown they can score, and Lawrenceville has not shown that yet. But to end the article, the day after Halloween has been known to have leftover spooks and goblins. No. <laughs> we're experiencing, I mean, we're day after Halloween right now. We've yeah. all experienced that today. Yeah. Yeah. Any of which can appear when the Battle of Lawrence County rages Dang. on a Friday. <laughs> There's one man we have not heard from in this episode. It's well, let's his move, turn. Or we're ready to move to, to Friday. So, one of the things I remember about this game, I was looking at the weather report for Friday night. Snow flurries possible, and temps dropping to the 20s with 25. The 35 mile an hour winds. I remember it's the coldest mm. football game I'd ever played in. So I know it was, and that, oh. that, that, that forecast was hundred percent accurate. It was cold that night. I definitely remember that before we get to the game, I got some other local news I want to talk about. Uh, Norma Staver. I know Brian, that was one of your favorites, right? Yeah, she, was, she <clears> was the librarian when I was at the fifth and sixth grade center. Well, she was an incumbent and she was 75 years old, in 91, but she was running uncontested for the school trustee on the Crawford Lawrence Regional Board of School Trustees. She's already served six years, and she won last time on write-in ballots. So she got in. So great educator. She taught in Unit 10 for, what, 30 years before retiring? So she was running uncontested, and at 75 years old, was going to keep putting, uh, serving her community, which I thought was pretty cool. Thank Uh, thank you for her service. Absolutely. The mother of David Staver. Now, I don't like to Wife get into of too much. Bob <laughs> I don't like to get into too much courthouse news, but yeah. Tim Kerr, our buddy, Tim was 19 at the time. 
He got fined forty five dollars for riding his ATV on the streets of forty five. <laughs> What's that nowadays, King? That, I already <laughs> looked it up. I got to be about hundred. It is. He's exactly right. It was a little about a hundred, a little over a hundred bucks. So I mean, come on. I mean, that's they're they're really picking if they're going to get Tim for that. I'm sure he was one of a hundred kids. Two, two of my favorite see. things on this podcast is 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 Dave talking about the oblong game and his quick math and telling you what something <laughs> would be worth today. It was right on. You have to think about it. I had to look it up today. In some social shorts uh, are one of our favorites, Mr. Clymer. He's going to form a, a county chorus. Oh. They're going to be, uh, and they're going to have a holiday um, organization meeting to have a, a Christmas concert. So he's trying to put oh, on a, a, a county chorus. He's going to have a meeting on um, Sunday at two o'clock. In the RHSS band room. So if anybody's interested in joining that chorus and putting on a uh, a county a Sorry, county uh, I was in Idaho Christmas program, yeah. so pretty cool there. Um, let's see here, the Bridgeport Moose. They're going to be hosting a couple events this week. We're going to have a uh, turkey shoot on Sunday at noon. Yes. On Saturday night from eight thirty to eleven thirty, we're going to have music by Whiskey River. But it's very clear in this: you have to be a member. Mm. No outside people are coming into the moose on Saturday night for Whiskey River Come and this on. dance. <clears throat> so they're not looking for any more people walking in off the streets there. So we're going to do that on Saturday night at the movies. You know, right here around Halloween, we got Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> that was probably up for an Academy Award. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think he got nipped by Gene Hackman that year. <laughs> got uh, Curly Sue and uh, Necessary Roughness. We're all playing at the movie theater over there at the... And, and Necessary Roughness, the one with Kathy Ireland, where she was the kicker. I'm a, yeah, I think that's, oh, exactly. that's yeah. a good call. I saw that one in the theaters. I, I may have seen it that weekend. What I went through my head was the one. <laughs> you know what went through my head was the one with Goldie Hawn, where she was a coach. Oh yeah, what was that? What one? was that one called? Oh, f- go ahead, all Wildcat. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Football. Yeah. Remember she did that. No, that was like early '80s, probably. That was one of my favorites for sure. Getting into some other local news. Uh, we held a blood drive at the school, David. I'm not sure if you remember that or if you gave, but uh, Melinda Weiss did. She's pictured here in the Daily Record giving blood. We got 51 pints given at Red Hill that day. Is that, is that good, good or bad? I don't know. King, good. how many pints is that today? <laughs> <laughs> well, my question is, do you get just a pint when you give blood? I don't even know. I think. I think so, yeah. I think, I, yeah, I so I 51 so. people donated. Right, so. that's, pretty, good. that's good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I did. Okay, well, thank you. Think, thank I, you, Dave. I, I thank you for your service, Dave. <laughs> On Thursday before maybe, a football maybe, game, you're giving blood? No wonder you missed so many football. You're low on blood. <laughs> Get that all kinds of uh, blood out of me, so. All kinds of juveniles getting in trouble in Bridgeport. Ooh. No names are mentioned. We got, we got, we're vandalizing houses. We're, we're shooting Come windows on. out. Not a good time <laughs> in Bridgeport for the youngins to be doing, pulling some, uh, I guess what they would say, maybe Halloween pranks, but uh, not a good time there. So they were keeping busy with probably that. Probably people we know. Probably so. <laughs> I have a feeling it probably was. If you're positive that was you, please let us know on the old school riddle. <laughs> What's uh what's oil going for a barrel today? Dave 90 90ish. 
Marathon oil was paying twenty two per barrel in ninety one. You know, like I know when when oil is a hundred dollars a barrel, like that's when gas prices are high. I think a hundred dollars for a whole barrel of oil seems pretty good. <laughs> it is. Well, you think how much your paper a quart? <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. And then, Dave, what are the prices today of corn and beans? Corn's four seventy five, give or take. Beans are. 12 12 12 80 something back in 91 corn's going to go for $2.48 and beans are going for $5.58 it's right there on that king model <laughs> that's right <laughs> so let's get in we know what, what we want to talk yeah, about yeah what we're all here for probably not uh not the moose what's, activities what's, maybe so like the oblong games the king bowl what what's this one called we, I, Adam and I call this the toilet bowl. <laughs> two, oh, two oh, oh and eight teams, zero oh and six in the conference. Thought this was interesting. Both teams had given up two hundred and forty points on the in the on the season in their eight losses. And so remember, Larksville hadn't scored, so they're two hundred and forty <laughs> some to nothing. Red Hill had scored forty seven points. Of course, that's the Lawrenceville nothing. The fearless pigskin picker thinks the Indians finally score. Oh, okay. But home field advantage will give Red Hill a six-point win. Okay. Is what Joe's predicting. So keep that in mind as we as we talk about this a little bit more. So getting into more of the details of this game, a um, couple of the points made Red Hill scored no more than one touchdown in seven of its eight games. We mentioned that already. Yeah. And we were shut out in the other one. Hartsville's been shut out every game. Red Hill did what it's done all season, score early and then do essentially nothing on offense <laughs> from that point on. Got tired. Of the 47 points, 29 were scored in the first quarter. So what's that leaving you? 18 points were scored yeah. after the first quarter. I was surprised we scored that many <laughs> after the first quarter. <laughs> um, so going into it again, <laughs> very cold conditions. Uh, we are – not doing well at all in terms of uh, uh, scoring the football. And then, of course, Lawrenceville has nothing. Uh, but the game started out like it ever had the second play from scrimmage. And we find out before the game, Bobby Stevens is out. Ooh. So we have no what? Bobby Stevens in this game. Bobby's injured. He's not going to play the last game of the year. I so insert this. a youngster, uh, Matt Ambrose, freshman, gets the start. Second play from scrimmage. Ambrose, Ambrose, 79-yard <laughs> touchdown run. At the time, was the longest touchdown run at uh, in Red Hill history. We know that got eclipsed by one Freddie Akers uh, a few years later. And for um, those of you wondering, they're they're quoting Kyle Turner as 79 yards last year, so I don't know if that – Oh, yeah, that's right. But that's right. that may have not been accurate because they're saying that's the most since – so Turner's may have been off in the in the paper. but yeah. So very similar to Kyle Turner's run. I didn't – realize that so second play from scrimmage we go up we do miss the kick so we're up six nothing and then it happened Lawrenceville finally in the fourth quarter had gone 35 quarters one minute and 25 seconds but it was the Adam Fry takes a short touchdown run in to tie the score at six all so fourth quarter <clears throat> pretty early in the fourth quarter Adam Fry scores the touchdown, and now they line up for the extra point. And Lance Blocker played baseball against Lance for a long time. Lance kicks the ball. One referee ruled good. Another referee overruled him. No good. Tied at six all. 
It ends, and now we're moving on to overtime. So, of wow. course. Like, it couldn't be more perfect. No. And, so and the- by the way, I don't know how many times I've heard Adam Fry brag about being Lawrenceville's leading scorer his senior year. <laughs> one, one thing to note, after they scored, they turned into I, – I think they're, if you look in the paper the following week in the write-up, basically Evans quoted this, like, they turned into demons. Oh, yeah. Field. And it was – I was – Tim Nolan was across from me, and Lance Blocker was linebacker, and they were blitzing absolutely every play. <laughs> Think if they would have scored and in the first game, I could. It was the it was that was the hard that was the hardest I've ever had blocking anybody in my entire. He <laughs> was under attack. I was. I could. I mean, there was. It was me and me and Putney next to me, and then. Fit, I think Phipps was in the, I think Phipps played. But they I were coming from all directions, and none of us could even slow him down. And Gary was running for his life. Where's well, the defense been all season? Well, not that we passed the ball very much, but it, it, as cold <laughs> as it was, the winds are sure as hell going to happen that night. Larry Lockhart said it was a terrible mental block that was lifted. The fans, the media, everybody had really put pressure on them. And as soon as we scored, it took the pressure off, and we really played good football. Blocker's extra point kick appeared good, certainly to the blocker who jumped up and down, though he had got it in. One official gave a small motion that it was good, and the second official said it was no good. Does anybody here have an opinion on that? Did did anybody see it? I think it was good, to be honest with you. I'm sure Willie Williams thought it was not Uh, good. (laughs) It it was one of those, I think it went over, you know, went over the top, and one said it didn't go in. So we move on to overtime. Lawrenceville wins the coin toss. Coach Lockhart says we want to go on defense first. His captains went against him and took the ball. Really? (laughs) Wow, I haven't heard this story. Yeah, so they they made the – and. Lockhart said uh, uh, he did have a quote in here, but basically just said the seniors and the and the, the captains made the decision to take the ball first, which what typically are they thinking. Yeah, you always want to go on. Yeah, you always want to stop. Their defense is like unstoppable right now. I yeah, mean, yeah. And then, wow. Well, so then we uh, first play, give the ball to Steve Bocock, who was a sophomore at the time. Gets a face mask, half the distance to the goal. We put in our power eye offense that week. We give it to the power back. Aaron Lukens takes it in for the 12-6 victory. Joe Jones picked it exactly right. Oh, yes, six points. Uh, Joe got it right. And I was looking at some of the stats here. Um, Pretty ugly. Matt Ambrose had a a 79-yard touchdown run, right? 75 yards for the game, I think. He finished with 75 for the game. Oh, Andy Roderick goodness. had 24 yards. I had five rushes for negative 14 yards, if that tells you anything. But we did have some – they had the – Larchville turned the ball over. We have Matt Schrader, Kelly Tucker, Dan Sineskew, Tony Fiscus all had fumble recoveries in this game. So, wow. um, joy everywhere. Beating Larchville is always great. Yeah. Beating Larchville in the last football game was even better. <laughs> Get your first win of the season. So, you know, it was – a. It was a good game. Uh, still remember it a lot to, to this day, and uh, I still remember hitting Jarrell Coleman. He what? He didn't wear any rib pads. He literally just had no t-shirt. Nothing. Now, was he related to Montez? I, I yeah, yes. I, think, yeah. <laughs> I remember hitting him within the ribs with my with the crown of my helmet. I were still can almost feel doing that in, in that in that overtime. But uh, very very good way to end the season. And uh, 
Red Hill beats Arsenal, so that's always good. Good way to end this podcast. That's right. The, the amazing thing is, what we just talked about was 32 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. And so much, so much 70s and 80s, like doing a 91 is like weird. It feels like it was just like. But yeah, it was like kind of new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we talked about Montez Bo Coleman a lot. We talked, oh, yeah, about, this for a while. <laughs> talked about the class of 41, Martha Ernst. Ryan Pickles Waldrop got a mention. Willie Williams dominates this podcast. <laughs> Happy birthday to David Freeman. What a what a week to come. Aaron Lucas wore that shoe that had the square end on to when he kicked too. If he was a, he okay. went straight on, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, straight on, flat, flat feet. All right. I will be on we'll Take Five of the Community Friday morning. This podcast is hosted by Gary Emmons, Ship Jamerson, David King. I am Brian Emmons. And I want Chip Jamerson to scream as loud as he can like he did at that Lawrenceville game. Let's go, White! (laughs) 